Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and we've been looking at verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So, as we've been looking at this passage, we've been seeing how the Apostle Paul has spoken to the saints at Thessalonica dealing with the issue of the love that they are supposed to have and how Paul is speaking about this issue of that as he's looking at them saying that there was no need for him to write unto them concerning this. And we know when we look through the scriptures that the Apostle Paul has written the books of Romans through Philemon that we have for us. That's the doctrine that applies to us in this dispensation today. This is the information that those who have received salvation, that have put their trust in the gospel message, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and how someone puts their trust in that and that alone That's what provides salvation today. These are the individuals that the Apostle Paul, when he's saying, you need not that I write unto you. And he's saying that because he knows that they have the information, that they've taken everything that has been given unto them, and have the understanding that this is the word of God which has been given unto them. In fact, we, if you turn back a couple chapters here to chapter number 2, you see how Paul says this in verse number 13, speaking of these same saints, which says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, Because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So these saints took this information which had been given unto them, accepted it as the word of God, and allowed it to work in their life to be able to produce the fruit that the Word of God should result in producing in the life of a believer. And we know and understand how it is that the Word of God actually works in our lives because the Apostle Paul gives us the information that we need to be able to understand exactly how this whole entire process 
actually works out. Let's turn over in our Bibles here to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. And we're going to see how Paul lays this out as he's writing to the assembly in Corinth. An assembly that he has to identify that he can only give them the basic things because they have not progressed in their understanding of things. They have not allowed for what he's actually going to describe here to actually happen in their lives. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to read here at verse, starting at verse number 6, and we're going to read all the way down through verse number 16. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, as Paul concludes this thought process here, and he's identifying the fact that we have the mind of Christ. When he says we have the mind of Christ, he's speaking about the fact that we have a completed word of God. And because we have a completed word of God, we have the mind of Christ. Now, he speaks here about the issue of how it is that the word works in an individual's life. As a person takes the word of God in through their study, following the principle that's laid out in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, study the shoe thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As an individual is doing that, taking the word of God in, that this process that we see laid out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is going to take part in the life 
of a believer. And it is very clear that this could only be the life of a believer because we see how Paul speaks of the fact that the Spirit is working in them. The Spirit, and that's part of the Godhead, is only in an individual that has put their trust in that gospel message. This is why the unsaved struggle so much with the ability to understand what the Word of God actually says. So when they, an unsaved individual picks up a Bible, attempts to read it to try to get some level of understanding of what it is that God says, an unsaved individual really just looks at the Bible and sees how confusing it seems to be because the Spirit is not there to provide the insight that an individual actually needs. That's why you see how Paul describes what he says about how it's the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the Holy Ghost takes the word of God that somebody has taken in through their study and is able to compare the spiritual things in order to give an individual the insight into what the word of God actually says. This is the process that these saints in Thessalonica were going through that Paul's holding them up as an example, saying that they understood what was being taught as the Word of God, allowing it to work in their life. They were having this happen because with that acceptance of it and taking it in, the Holy Ghost was able to compare the spiritual things with spiritual in order to give them the insight into what God's word actually says. You know, as you liken this idea to you know, the old cartoons that when somebody was thinking about something and then all of a sudden a light bulb would appear over their head, you know, indicating that they had some brilliant idea that had just popped into their mind that the Holy Ghost comparing the spiritual things with spiritual gives you know that you know almost kind of idea of things of what's going on in the life of an individual. You know, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has had that thing happen of where you know there was some passage that they were struggling with to understand exactly what it means. We all have those passages. You know, we there's nobody who has a complete understanding of everything in the Word of God. We all have those passages that we struggle to understand. And as you're studying, that you've had those moments where all of a sudden it just kind of clicks in, and all of a sudden you go, you know, now I have the answer to that. Now I see what this means. That's the Spirit taking those things and 
comparing the spiritual with spiritual, set way the believer then has that insight into what is being said. This is what the Apostle Paul saw was going on with these individuals. He saw that they were having that principle that Paul records. Let's go over to Romans chapter number 12 to see where Paul is going to be begging these saints at Rome to allow this to happen so that way they could be pleasing unto God. When he says here in Romans chapter 12, the first two verses, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, as Paul is saying this, and this is really kind of one of those things of where, you know, he's just spent chapters 9, 10, and 11 speaking about some things related to the nation of Israel there. And he's really going to shift into a different topic here, talking about a practical issue for these saints and how he's begging that this is going to occur, that they're going to present their bodies as a living sacrifice. And how that's going to occur is that they're going to have this issue of where they're being transformed by the renewing of their mind. So there's a transformation process which occurs as an individual is taking the word of God in, allowing it to have an impact on who they are, the mind is being renewed and the person is no longer being conformed to this world. Now, we know who the ruler of this world is. The Apostle Paul identifies him in the book of Ephesians, the prince of the power of the air, talking about Satan. And he uses it in that context in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, talking about how in time past, prior to salvation, individuals walked according to the course of this world that has been laid out by the prince of the power of the air, that everything that is in this world is really designed to try to pull an individual away from what the word of God actually says, pull an individual away from the issue of the word of God working in the life of the individual and saying, well, the world has a better answer for you. And that's what, you know, the world tries to tell people of that, you know, the word of God doesn't have answers. The world does. 
the exact opposite of what is true, but it's that attempt of trying to get people away from what the Word of God says. And and if individuals pulled away from what the Word of God says, then the world system can try to have that impact. And as the world system tries to have that impact, it tries to have an impact in all areas of the life of individuals, which includes the issue of when Paul's talking about the thing of you know, the brotherly love that they were supposed to be demonstrating because when you really look at what the world system tries to do, the world system tries to really create divisions among people. You know, the world doesn't try to bring people together as much as, you know, you might hear people try to say that that's what needs to happen. The reality is that the world tries to pull people apart and does it by using all sorts of different things of, well, you need to separate from this person because of this or because of that, creating these barriers that really don't need to be there, but the world system puts them up, creates them to separate people so that way that love that the Word of God says. We talk about how the Word talks about that we're to be demonstrating that love towards all, especially those who are of the household of faith, but we're to be demonstrating that love towards all. And you can only do that if you are allowing the Word of God to actually work. Allowing what, you know, the end of this passage talks about, that perfect will of God. And we know what God's will actually is. Paul lays it out over in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 when he says that it's God's will that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. And what happens is, you know, when we're talking about this brotherly love and the divisions that get created is that through those different things the ability for people to be able to demonstrate this issue of getting all men to be saved and coming unto the knowledge of the truth gets to be impacted by this you know and it's not just well that's just the unbelievers that have that happen Believers have that happen too. Believers make decisions of, well, I'm not going to preach the gospel to those people for whatever reason. Or, you know, once I'm saved, well, I can't listen to this individual who's sharing the word of God. And I can't listen to them because of and then fill in the blank of whatever reason that somebody is coming up with to try to separate themselves from other people. That is not what God has ever intended to happen. That's not what the Apostle Paul is speaking about when he's writing to these saints in Thessalonica and talking about how he didn't have to write unto them 
related to the issue of brotherly love because he knew that they had been taking in the word of God, allowing it to work in them, and it was going to produce what it needed to produce. The whole issue starts to become that as time goes on and as we get closer and closer to the things of you know, the end of this dispensation, you have, let's go over to the book of 2 Timothy. And this is Paul's last epistle here. And Paul writes here in 2 Timothy in chapter 3. says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. You know, and a lot of times when individuals read this passage or teach this passage to other individuals, you know, They'll look at this passage and say that this is the description of the world system. And you know that this is what the world's going to look like at the end of this dispensation. The reality of things is the world system has always looked like that. You know, it has looked like that from the very beginning. This is not new. This is not something that's all of a sudden going to happen. The issue of what Paul is talking about is that it's not the world system that's going to look this way. It's the body of Christ that's going to look this way. That's the perilous times that are coming is that you know we're going to look around and we're not going to be able to tell the difference between the world and the body of Christ because it's all going to look the exact same way. You know, and you see how you know a couple times that idea of love, how you know that's going to be twisted from what Paul says that we as the members of the body of Christ, how we should be demonstrating that love. Now Paul doesn't just give a warning. Paul gives the answer also of, you know, here's what you need to do in order to make sure that this is not what's going to happen as you're ministering here. And this is how he starts the very last chapter here of chapter four. We pick up right at verse number one, which says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof 
of thy ministry. Now, as you see how Paul starts this out here and starts this charge that he gives to Timothy, that the charge starts with the issue of preach the word. Because the word is the central part of all of these things. The word is what is necessary. The word is what is supposed to be the focus of things. You know, and, and that's why, you know, when we do broadcasts like this or we preach, you know, whether it's Sunday or Wednesdays at Grace Family Bible Church, that the focus of things is on what is it that the Bible actually says. And we are turning to numerous passages to give someone the answer of that this is exactly what the Word of God actually says on the topic. So that way there's no confusion on it. And since there's not going to be confusion and the person has an understanding of what it is that the Word of God says, then the Word of God should then be able to actually work in the life of the individual and it should be able to have that impact and produce the fruit that God would like to see in our lives. And we'll continue on with some of these things looking at this passage next week in our broadcast. Now as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have information on how to you know, watch our Sunday service or our Wednesday service live as they're broadcast on Facebook. If you ever happen to be in the Buffalo area, we would love to have you join us as well. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything on our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.